welcome to Love Alexi. My name is Alexi Wasser. I'm your host and this is my podcast. And my guest today is writer-director Josh Losey. He wrote and directed a movie that you have to see. It's now available on Netflix and iTunes. It's called Hunter Gatherer. It is a beautiful, quiet, subtle, funny, dark film with a bit of magical realism about a guy who just gets out of jail and is trying to get his life back on track and he's going after a girl and things aren't exactly going his way, but I don't want to spoil all the details. So check it out on Netflix and iTunes. And you can also find Josh on Instagram and Twitter at Josh Losey. And uh, God, you guys, what else can I tell you? We go on a tangential journey talking about movie making and Hollywood hotspots and his religious family. We talk about David Gordon Green and DMT, the dark web, and his cool, badass girlfriend. So by the way, he has a girlfriend, ladies, so hands off, because the beginning of this conversation starts off with me giggling like a schoolgirl, because like Josh looks like a hunky fireman, and I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, you're like a hunky fireman, but then he tells me he has a girlfriend, and then what he tells me of his girlfriend makes me go, wow, I am. Uh, I'm kind of I'm kind of in love with your girlfriend. Um, anyways, that aside, we talk about all these different things, and I want to tell you guys um, if you like this podcast, if you like the Love Alexi podcast, subscribe on iTunes, rate the show, leave a comment. It really does help me grow the show. Uh, I don't get paid to do the show, and it's one of my favorite, most fulfilling things in the world. So, and it's a listener supported show. So, if you wanna if you wanna make a donation, if you like the show, feel free to Venmo me a dollar. That'd be rad. I'll, I'll give you a shout out in, in the next episode. Also, we should be friends on all of social media. So follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Alexi Wasser. Send emails to the show at dearlovealexi at gmail.com. And I hosted a beautiful event called Girls Night In last week. Uh, all girls, kind of like an adult slumber party thing, like an Al-Anon meeting vibe, except there was rosé and beer. But it was only girls. I may or may not be trying to start a girl cult, but really it was just for girls to like hang out, meet each other, make new friends, share whatever they're noticing and going through. And because uh, like in the 70s and 80s, women used to host these like cool, badass hang sesh parlor vibe things. And, uh, and I'm trying to bring that back. So if you want to be a part of the next Girls Night In, I'm going to do one on Saturday, June 3rd from 6 to 10 p.m. So email me at dearlovealexi at gmail.com for tickets and info. Subject Girls Night In. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to meet. Um, all that aside, I'm going to shut the fuck up so you can enjoy Ooh, I just got an email. I'm going to shut the fuck up so you can enjoy my conversation with writer-director slash hunky fireman guy, Josh Losey. Now entering Nerdist.com. Let me make sure there's no lipstick. Are we recording? Was there lipstick on my teeth? No! You're there. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm good. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, here. Let me do this. How tall are you? Six, four? Six, six. Six, six. I'm 5'11". Like room is exactly... This is for you today. Yeah. This, is, this is Aristotle, my producer. Hi, Aristotle. How are you? Josh. Nice to meet you. Josh Losey, right? Yes. I'm saying it right. Yes. I mean, I researched. I listened to you on uh, on Steve Bassel. Oh, Steve's. A little bit, yeah. We got cool yeah. headphones. Cans. You got your cool call cans. Them cans. Yes, there's that for you. Oh my god. Um, shit. Where do we begin? I think we've done beginning. it. I think we've said it all. Okay, cool. Uh, is your phone off? My Good. phone is on. I, do not disturb. 
You have lipstick all over your teeth. I don't think I do. (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) Get the fuck out of here. Um, Thank you for checking in with me to see if uh, we're still podcasting based on my accident on Twitter. Let's start there. We're going to start there? You had two car things. This is your your free water. How do you know I had two car things? Because I'm on Twitter. I had two car things. You ran out of gas. I've tweeted about that? That's so funny. Oh, my God. Um... Found oh, out about it somehow. Oh god, I love it. Um, oh, okay. So you ran out of gas. Well, okay. So I had a Prius. For I'm just going to give you the all the unnecessary details. Okay. Listen, but we're going to get through this together. It's going to be great. We're going to come out this other side, and I'm going to throw it to you at one point. And this is the first podcast I'm doing since my car accident, so I feel a little bit. You look great. You look well, fine. Thank you very much. Yeah. Okay. So you do you. I weathered you. the storm. Oh god! <laughs> Don't look at Aristotle. He's not going to save you. <laughs> just kidding. Um, well, I had a Prius for a while. Uh, like two, three-year leases, and then the lease ran out, and I thought I'm going to try not having a car for a while. My mom lent me this shitty old truck. She was like, if and when you need it. And so I've been driving this shitty old truck. What kind is, of truck is it? It was just like a Ford Explorer, but very old, falling apart, whatever. And I kind of felt cool and like a badass. Cause yeah. all, the, all these guys were telling me like, oh, it's so much sexier and hot to be like a girl yeah. in a fucked up truck yeah. instead of some yuppie fucking Prius. I was like, that's cool. Thank you very much. That's, <laughs> that's the goal. Okay. okay. And, um, so I'm like, so the other day on Tuesday, I'm driving and I ran out of gas like a total bonehead idiot. And then like, and that's my fault in the intersection of like Hollywood and and like, no, Highland and Sunset. <laughs> and like, but so like, like not a very busy. Not, yeah, totally. During rush hour. Yeah. Like, and then like, and I'm, and people are like so mad at me and it's my fault. But I'm like, help. And people are like, get the fuck out of it. Like, what are you like? <laughs> so I get rolled into like Hollywood and Highland parking lot. I mean, uh, Hollywood High School's parking lot. Not Chick-fil-A. Not Chick-fil-A. Well, that comes full circle. I got to, I'll get, oh God, because I end up in a, in a lift pool today <laughs> with a girl who was going to work at Chick-fil-A. Oh. So I was like crazy. I was just, uh, I just uh, stopped traffic the other day. Um, okay. So I ran out of gas, turned that whole situation into a positive experience. I was like, it's a cool adventure in Los Angeles I'm having. People help me. It's all how you frame it. Everything's good. Right. Next day with a full tank of gas, I'm on the 405 freeway. I don't know if you are super familiar with like the yeah. 90, where the 90 meets the 405. Yeah. Do you know where that is? Yeah. In Marina Del- okay. Well, yeah. I don't know. I've yeah. never been there before and I never <laughs> want to be there again because so I'm driving on this like very high up, like, ne- like kind of narrow neck of the 405 where it meets the 90. Driving like this, it's an auditory thing we're doing right now, but I'm making hand gestures. Like how fast are you going? Like the speed limit, maybe under. I'm not texting. I'm not Insta-storying. I'm not, uh, I'm just like very present driving the car. And um, you're disgusting. I can't believe you just did that. How dare you? And uh, and I will actually interview you for this thing in a moment, <laughs> like 20, 20 hours later. I'm like still trying to tell this uh, fucking this story. Is my, this is how I do it. I just deflect everything. Yeah, to you please do. do that's anything. that's usually what I do. Yeah, yeah. Um, God, or is it? Okay, so... Yeah, so I'm I'm on the 405, and all of a sudden, I didn't realize this, my back tire popped. I must have run over something. I don't know what happened, but it just popped, and I didn't know that. All of a sudden, my, my car just starts swerving, and luckily, there's no traffic right at that point on right. the 405. So I'm swerving, 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 and then I just start spinning. I start spinning probably four or five times, like just me in my car, totally present, in my right mind, spinning, 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 and I'm just thinking... I have no fucking idea how to stop it. I'm like so high up. And I'm also very, Aristotle's really frightened of heights. I am too. I'm in a spinning car. And then I start careening. Like You're I, high up, meaning you could go off the edge and go down yeah, to yeah. the other freeway. So I'm like, I don't like burst into tears telling you that. And so I'm, I'm spinning like four, four or five times spinning. Can we talk about what the worst version of this would be? Well, Can we walk through the steps of what yeah. that would be? Like you get hit. 
Well, it's, I'll tell you, it gets real scary. Yeah. Like, so I spin five times and then I start careening as fast as possible towards the guardrail. And if you go off the guard, so I, I'm screening towards, careening towards the guardrail. And if I go off that, I will plummet. Like, yeah. I'll plummet. So I'm careening towards that and I'm literally thinking, oh my fucking God, like, this is how I'm going to die. I can't believe it. Like, I can't believe it. This is how I'm going to die. Because you don't, you never know how we're going to die. And I went, I'm going to go out this way. And I went, I don't want to go out this way. I don't want to die. I don't want to die. Like, and I swear to God, I feel like I have guardian angels watching me or something because I bashed into the guardrail. I ricocheted back into the freeway. Like, and so I, and then I stopped diagonal in the middle of the freeway. And then all these cars, all these cars that weren't there before start careening towards my car. I run out of the car because I, and I, and you get like, out of the car. I ran, I had to because they're going to bash into my car. Like, I stopped in the middle of traffic and they start whizzing around the bend heading right towards my car. So I have, I jump out of the car and I just go, help, help. And all these fucking entitled asshole people who have no empathy, I suppose, because we're all moving like this, like, go, what the fuck are you doing? Stop in the middle of the road. Fuck you. And I'm like, and I, and there's no time for me to be hysterical, but my, my right leg is like buckling. My hands are shaking and, and I'm like, help, help, please stop. One lady stops. She calls the police. Another, an older man gets out of the car. And the car's still in the middle of the road. Yeah. And I'm terrified. And I, I'm, yeah, I'm like, I'm like this. This older man goes, you have to move the car and get out of the way of the traffic. So he takes my keys and he moves the car over and he leaves. This lady who's calling the police for me, she she does that. She takes off. This other guy walks up and he's like some like hip wayfarer wearing. He's wearing a similar outfit as to what you're wearing. Uh, pullover. Loser. Very cool. No, what'd you say? Loser. <laughs> he's like a loser. Not at all. Like totally simple chic, whatever. Um, effortlessly chic is what I would call it. He walks up and he goes... And he's just there helping, like, uh, just because he was going to help. And he goes, Alexi? And I go, Ross? And it's my friend's husband? How crazy is that? He didn't stop because it was me. He stopped just to help. And he's walking Aww. away. And he sits with me, and I wait in his car, and he, like, takes my phone, and we, he talks to the, to the AAA people, and he talks to the CHP and the fire, tra- fire people and the ambulance and everybody, and... Anyway, it's crazy. and then we, we, the CHP lady and everybody else is like, they're living their lives and they're not as scared as I am. And then, so the CHP lady, uh, she's like, you got to get this car off the road and like have AAA meet you on the street. So the fire truck lady drives my car off the freeway. I go with my friend Ross. We caravan, we get off the side of the road. He stays with me until AAA gets there and AAA towed me to back to my house and, and that's that. And that's I, crazy. yeah, so that's, that's like the best version of it, though. I mean, I mean, as far as having a friend there to help, I couldn't believe it. He was like an acquaintance, but now I'm like, I love you. <laughs> I'm like, right. I would like to have an affair with you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I was like, you just say, I was like, I was like, this, we're both making jokes. Like, what a great meet cute, except you're married to my friend. <laughs> and then, uh, for now, for now, I know, for now. God. And then, uh, and then at one point, I was like, uh, like, is there a fireman there? And I'm always like, uh, and you look like a fireman. You look like you could be a fireman, which is, I want to tell you about that because I thought you were when I met you at Sundance, when I saw you at Sundance. Because um, there was a fire. In my heart for you. <laughs> Just kidding. It was a fire. <laughs> Where? At Sundance, my friend had a fire. Oh, really? Yeah. Can you stop talking about yourself? Yeah, this sorry, is my sorry, podcast. Sorry. I'm here to sorry, tell you about myself. Sorry. That's the whole. <laughs> That's the idea. <laughs> That's the whole way we do the show. Um, but uh, yeah, there's a fire truck there. And I remember thinking for Hunks? a moment. Hunks? Hunks? Hunks, yeah. Like calendar yeah. style hunks? Well, they weren't hunks, but they were just firemen, so that was hunky enough, enough for me. Yeah. Even the fire lady man was like, <laughs> fireman lady, whatever, was like, but one part of me, even though I was so frazzled, one part of me, for a moment, true to myself, my normal self, was like, fireman, 
I should really Insta story this. But then I was like, <laughs> Did you do it? No. Well, I had an Insta story, but it was more like, I, I, I almost died. <laughs> but uh, anyway, but uh, so that's my story. And I'm, well, glad. I'm glad you're in one piece I'm, and alive. And... Me too. I'm glad I get to meet you and officially and that you're here and that we're all living our lives yes. and uh, living our lives. Sorry. <laughs> um, there's there's like a fifth of whiskey right beside her. You guys I, can't see it. I wish. She's kind of wasted. I wish I was. I did get day beers yesterday with my friend. Nice. Yeah. yeah. But um, so you're – let's get to the good stuff. Okay? Yeah, let's Let's hear give it. the girls and the people what they want. So – is that your your audience is primarily female? No, there are a lot. No, they're men. This is like this is I, I think this is a you, Aristotle. Wouldn't you say this is kind of like a female? Like uh, you already you're already mad at me or something. <laughs> Isn't this like a Mark Maroney, Pete Holmes thing where it's a tangential conversation? But it's like, but I always do ask about love and stuff. But it's still tangential. It's not just only for girls, right? Well, thank you. You heard it here like, first. Thank you. I like love, too. Well, yeah, by touch. Right? Like, I mean. That's something that I was making static. Um, oh, my God. So. I'd heard you were the female Dane Cook, so I was prepared for, like, something totally different. You guys can't hear me, like, my fucking, <laughs> can't see my eyes rolling. Like, glonk, glonk. Okay. <laughs> um, so you are Josh Losey. Yes. You look like a fireman. Thank you. You're looking. Uh, the, you, the unattractive ones you saw yesterday. Shut up! You wrote and directed a beautiful, wonderful movie. Did you watch it? Of course I did. Are you joking? Oh my god, I watched it last night. I, I made a point to make sure I watched it the night before. In your trauma, yeah, your my PTSD. Yes, yep. actually, for real, yes. Yeah. Um, and I was like, can't wait to watch this rom com. <laughs> Little did you know. Little, I was like, wait, what? Mm. What is this? <laughs> Like, but I, I, was, I wish it was. I kind of wish. Maybe I'll reshoot it. But it was. It was fine. Hey, I'll do whatever you need me to do. I'll, you know. <laughs> but I like. Okay, so how to my listeners? Yes. How would you describe this movie? Well, it's a rom com. Shut up. Um, what? Uh, how would you describe it? Oh my god! This, this, <laughs> I, I would describe it's like a it's a it's funny. It's dark. There's some magical realism happening, which is a phrase I heard somebody refer to uh, use uh, when they were describing your movie. So I was yeah. like, I'm gonna steal that phrase because that sounds like I know what I'm talking about. Um, it was a subtle, quiet, special, unique, beautiful story uh, about a man uh, out of come come back from jail. Right? He's out of jail. I mean, I'm just gonna like tell the exact. No, I'm not gonna tell every detail. He's out of jail. He's trying to get, trying to get his life back on track. He's trying to get a girl he's in love with uh, back, and he's forges a friendship. He goes on a journey towards a thing, and then something happens, and then it's done. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I enjoyed but it. But it's not. Like, I loved it. It's. Um, you tell me, yeah, yeah. Well, no, I mean that's the plot of the movie, yeah. But it's not like. To me, it was always take take a plot that reads like it's really boring. And try to make it something different, something unique, something you've seen a thousand times, but try to like revive it with some life and try to um, <clears throat> comb through those that dirt for some more goodness about what it means to be human and see uh, see if we can find some funny stuff in there too. And it stars what's his name from The Wire? Andre Bubbles? Royo. Yeah. Andre Royo. Yeah. His face Genius. is so beautiful. His bone yeah. structure. He's got such a cool face. And then the the guy who beca- they becomes friends with. Jer- is that Jeremy? Yeah. Jeremy, who is that kid? He is older than you think he is. 
Really? He's like 40. He is? He's yeah. aging beautifully. <laughs> He's amazing. So his name is George Sample III. What? Say that. Not... George? George Sample III. Wow. And he was, I saw him in a movie called Cronies, which was at Sundance a couple of years ago. Yeah. And I fell in love with him. He lives in St. Louis. And we, we kind of cast all throughout LA trying to get someone local. And it just didn't work. Like we were. His lisp. I have a lisp too, but he has a more pronounced lisp. So I was like. I love his lisp. It's I love like lisp. yeah, they're good. Yeah, he's and his bone structure and his special face and his delivery and his voice and his lisp and uh, so special. Like the casting was so good. And you shot it in L.A. We shot in L.A. Yeah, we shot in uh, South Central. Oh, and it's okay. What were you gonna say? No, he. I just. I think George is when I when I when I love the movie. When I say I love the movie, it's because of George because yeah. he's so special. I think yeah. he's he's a real unique actor and brings a unique like sense of humanity and almost otherworldliness to the to the part and he's so he's just really special guy. and he's so gentle yeah, yeah i love how gentle he is and yeah. like um i mean where can, where can people find this movie because i don't want them to hear me me talking when about it when does this air uh maybe when do people in, a, see this? in a couple of weeks oh, a couple of weeks so yeah. and that's netflix 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 yeah it'll be on netflix and they're never going to see this they're only going to hear it yeah unless i live stream right now i don't feel like no it'll be that. on netflix then Oh, Netflix, yeah. Now it's on iTunes and Amazon and all that stuff. Oh, and it's then, on, wait, so it's on iTunes. Right it's now, yeah. It's on Amazon. Yeah, yeah. Oh, And that goes away, though? Well, it doesn't go away, but most people have Netflix and they just watch it for free. That's exciting. Okay. Yeah. Um, but they could, you're welcome to watch it on iTunes because then we get money. Yeah. Yeah. Give the guy some money. Let yeah. Josh be paid. Um, yeah. What I was thinking, oh, here's how, okay, so how do we meet, though, before we go back to your movie? We met, the, well, the, you don't remember the first time we met. I remember the first time we met. Oh my god, have we dated? No. Okay. Not that I know. Oh god, I don't know. You never know. <laughs> we met. I can't at, believe you forgot too. <laughs> we met one day. You were. I, I'm friends with Kent Osborne, and yeah. you were with him at uh, a bar, and we met there. Oh yeah. Yeah. At, at uh, the arcade. Bar. Yes. Oh my god, that's crazy. That's where I met you first, and then at Sundance. Yeah. I remember, all I remember is I was, because one of my best friends is David Lowry. And did you see the ghost movie? It's my favorite thing in the world. You, the ghost yeah. movie? Yeah. yeah. So I went to go see, I've seen it like, I saw like various cuts of it. And so then I, good. and I know. And it's so, again, it's like quiet. So, pa- you know, you have to be very patient. I felt like people in the screening were, were like not patient. There was a lot of like people getting up and a lot, I was sitting right by the door too. There's a lot of people leaving. It's really annoying. I, it was so, so annoying. good. It was so good. And it got really good reviews. Yeah. Anyway, it's about you. I don't mean to be like, <laughs> no, no, I love. It. I was just telling uh, my friend that he had to watch it. Comes out like in July. Yeah, and I was like, you have to go see this movie and don't watch the trailer. Don't know anything about. It. Just yeah. go. It's a really special movie. Um, oh, we got to talk about Keegan DeWitt. Did the music for mm-hmm. your movie? That was very mm-hmm. cool. I feel like cause he did. Didn't he work and do something with Alex Ross Perry's movie he or did. something for the most recent one? That was he also did. something. He's done, he did Listen Up, Philip, and he did Golden Exits. So. How How do you know him? He is a friend of friends, and I've known him for bunch of years yeah he just kind of got in and then he did the soundtrack to a movie i art directed called cold weather a bunch of years ago and i'm friends with aaron, aaron Katz. Katz, okay and i'm friends with chad hartigan and all those guys so kind of in that well here's how i remember meeting you okay so i don't remember the arcade place that moment but oh so we're at so i was at uh like david lowry and toby's house or mm-hmm. whatever uh, at sunday i'm going to the wedding i think i am in dallas are you going i'm going oh my god Let's i still have to get my ticket you're not going to get my ticket. It won't be that big of a deal. Don't mumble on my podcast. No, 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 no. Don't mumble on the podcast. <laughs> That's actually the name of my movie <laughs> I'm trying to get produced. It's called Don't Mumble on My Podcast. Um, anyway. Oh, so I'm at the house afterwards. Everybody's hanging out there. 
you walk in kind of quiet. I don't think you're looking for something. I don't know what you're looking for. And then I, I was like, who's that fireman? I was like, who's the hunky fireman? And then <laughs> Augustine, David's wife and uh, Nell, everybody was like, they're like, I don't know. Who's that guy? Or whatever. I don't know right. if they said that or whatever. And, uh, <laughs> just some dude at Sundance. And, you just came, and I was like, what is this fireman doing here? I can't believe it. And then they're like, Mwah. and then you left. And I was like, all right, there goes the fireman. And that was, that was random. And then I was at a pizza place with, right. with my friend. And I looked over at you and I was like, oh, hey, what's going on? And, was, and then I'm like, oh, that's, a, that's a hunky fireman. And then I think your girlfriend, you were with a girlfriend or something. Yeah, yeah. And she seemed, I was like, I was like, I think his girlfriend might hate me because I'm like looking at him <laughs> too much or something. So I was like, I'm out of here. <laughs> so I would say that? she's used to it, but then she's probably used to it. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, um well, here's what's interesting about all the whole Sundance thing is that to prepare for this podcast, I listened to one you did with my buddy Linus yeah. Phillips, and at the beginning, it just, Sundance just happened, and you said you had a love affair at Sundance. So now I want to know who the love affair was with, because I saw you with a couple different people throughout the week. I can't even <laughs> tell you, because you do know the person. Mm. <laughs> can't even go there. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> Who'd you see me with? I could name one person who I probably think it is. <laughs> oh my god! Um, yeah, but back to your romance. So you're dating. How, how long have you been dating for? Who's this girl? I uh, am dating a nice young lady named Sarah. For how long? Tell me everything because I'm telling you nothing. A year and a half. We met. She actually produced Hunter Gather. We met on the movie, and it was a secret love affair. Really? Yeah. Oh my god! No one knew. No one knew. Now everybody knows. Well, they know now. Yeah. Everybody knows that. Yeah. But it was like, uh, yeah, no one knew. It was inappropriate. Oh, my God. That's the best kind of affair. <laughs> I've had an affair like that with somebody I work with, and it was like the most exciting, exhilarating thing. Not Aristotle. Aristotle's like repulsed by me and exhausted. <laughs> I can't believe you're agreeing with me, Aristotle. That's a trick. I can't believe it. Um, so, but how did the whole movie come together? Like, how did... Uh, uh, we, well, I, with David and Roughhouse produced it. It's, uh, David Gordon Green's company and I know him. I've worked with him a bunch. As an art director? As an art director. And uh, I was his assistant. How did that all happen? Pineapple take, Express. Take me to that. How did you, okay, so what, listen, what, were you in college? You went to Emerson? No, I went to a small school in Tennessee. I went to, I went to Bible school and then I went wow. to, um, a small, we'll call it a liberal arts college in you, Tennessee. You did? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my God. You're such an interesting, uh, I was, a, I was a full scholarship basketball player. Are you serious? <laughs> Wait, you were a full scholarship basketball player? I mean, it's like tiny college. It was, it's NAIA. It's not even NCAA. You better stop mumbling on my podcast or I'll kill you. I'm trying to hide my insecurities. No, did you think I was, was, I, was I flirting with Chris Avedesian or Avedesian? Avedesian? Or if I was just complimentary and nobody's got complimentary, so people, it's uncomfortable? On, on your podcast? Yeah. I didn't listen to the whole thing, but oh, God I, would, damn it. I would flirt with him. <laughs> He's, He's hot. No. <laughs> oh, my God. Have you ever dated men? I've never dated a man. Well. I've been attracted to this one guy. Who? And then I ran into him in Tokyo. Oh. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, it's that dude I'm in love with. No. Yeah, it was amazing. I was like, it's meant to be. Oh, my God. It didn't happen. It didn't happen? No. Would your parents just, like, roll over in their graves? Are they alive still? Sorry. They're alive. Yeah, they're alive. <laughs> they would, they'd probably be like, well, I guess. They right. would, I mean... Well, they're very religious. Yeah, very religious. Take but me through this. What? They would probably say, yeah, we figured as much. What? Yeah. Um, I grew up, my, my dad worked for Jerry Falwell. Do you know this? Where did you grow up? I'm born and raised in Hollywood. I'm like a poor latchkey kid. Like, oh. I, like my bus stop was like across the street. Did you go to Hollywood 20- High? No, I went to Van Nuys High School, Magnet, and then I went to LA County High School for the Arts. Oh. 
Okay. All right. So you you grew up right here. Right. Yeah. But throwing it back to you. So Jerry Falwell. <laughs> what? So you were in a cult? Uh, yeah. Well, not until I went to college, and then I was in a place that thought he was liberal. So I was in. A, I, th- I think that was kind of a cult world. Okay. Um, and then. Uh, yeah, then I went to college, and then I moved to L.A. I had $400, so I, th- I said, I'm going to move to L.A. Wait, what happened to the basketball playing? I played basketball. No, I, I went to four years, of, five years of college. But you didn't, like, get, like, drafted on a team? Not this time. Next time. Next time. Yeah, next Very go good. Next life. Next, next go life. Around. I want to talk about what you believe in yeah, if, if you're be... so religious, if you believe in an afterlife and all that stuff, or if you believe in God or praying. We'll get we there, too. There. Okay, so you get I got to make of... sure I trust you and trust Aristotle. You can totally trust me. I got to make sure I can trust you. <laughs> Um, uh, and then I, yeah, I moved to LA. I emailed, do you know who Mark Romanic is? Yes. He's, he's incredible. I emailed him. (laughs) You just, you wait, hold on. You moved to LA with $400. Just, you just got out of college. You're six, 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 just out of college. You get to LA with $400 in your bank account and you randomly email Mark Romanic. (laughs) How the fuck did did that happen? Uh, I I didn't know, like, I thought, oh, he's a... Music video director. He did one movie. No one, no one probably emails him. <laughs> Little did I know, like he was the biggest music video and commercial director on the planet. Yeah, I used to have such a crush on him. Yeah, but he's yeah. like happily married. Yeah, yeah good for that yeah. guy. Good for you and your girlfriend and Mark Romanik <laughs> and everybody else is flourishing. Okay, I'm just happy to be alive. We're all miserable. Okay. We're like, don't worry about it. I actually feel good being single because it's just like me living my. Yeah. Sure. Life. Keep telling yourself. <laughs> <laughs> So you email him and he responds? I email him and he says, go get an internship at this place. So I went to that place and got an internship, told Where? them I was, told them Mark Romantic sent me. And Where was the place? <laughs> it's called Anonymous Content. It's, That's uh, fucking awesome. Yeah. 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 So uh, it was amazing. I got to see uh, the like an early, early cut of Eternal Sunshine, The Spotless Mind while I worked there, which Heard was amazing. Heard of it. Very cool. Yes. That's my claim to fame there. Yeah. Uh, but then I started working as a PA and just kind of getting money. You got paid as a PA? PAs get paid? And the interns don't get paid. PAs, but PAs get, paid. get paid. Exclusive. Exclusive. Town exclusive. I think, they, I think the pay is still the same as it was back when I was. I think the pay is still the same. Am I am I too low? Now you're now you're good. Am I too hello? Get warm in my ears, boy. <laughs> oh. I didn't mean it like that. Get warm in my ears. <laughs> the boy is spelled B-O-I. Okay, mm. anyway, so listen. Okay, so you're like interning up a storm. I oh, know you're peeing up a storm. Yeah, peeing up a storm. Then what happens? We only have an hour and a half before you get the boot. <laughs> Aristotle's like, keep it moving. <laughs> I get, um, uh, you know, you, I'm learning things and meeting people. And I uh, met David through a mutual friend. I'm running learning things and meeting people because I think it's so simple. It's poetic. <laughs> yeah, keep going. Learning things and meeting people. Yeah. Um, and I met him through a mutual friend. David was going to direct this movie called Goat, which actually ended up getting made uh, last year or two years ago. And my buddy wrote the novel that it's based or the memoir that it's based on. So I met him through that and I just kept running into him whenever he was in town because he didn't live here. David Gordon Green? Yeah. So we would run into each other at the... At the 101 Cafe or Cha Cha Lounge or Hotspots, hot Hollywood Hotspots, <laughs> exclusive again. To meet directors. Um, but we became buddies, and one night we were at a hotel cafe. Another. Hotel cafe. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, Hey, I'm looking for an assistant. Do you know anybody who'd want to do that? And I was like, Yeah, me. Yeah. So I uh, it was his assistant. 
and we became buds, and it's fun. Pineapple Express was an amazing first like big movie set to be on. Did Justin Thoreau write that? No, Seth and Evan wrote it. Oh, he so, wrote Tropic Thunder. Oh, which is right it. after that. Yeah, got it. Okay, so you were there assisting. And what did that entail? Any crazy adventures? Any weird hijinks? Cocaine off of prostitutes' asses no, or tits no, or no, nothing? No. Like, Let's like make sure your parents listen to this too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, well, they listened to the last one I did and it didn't go too well. Oh, shit. Uh, Steve Bazelon? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Oh, yeah. man. That, the sound quality was not good on that podcast. What oh, he was just at my house. I know, but, but I, I think like this is going to be nice. it's fine. It's fine, Steve. Whatever. He's not listening to this. <laughs> he should be. Um, I bet he will. He texted me about it today. Oh, he did? Yeah. All right. He's very excited. Um, I asked him if you were gay, because I always think that somebody's very religious next or comes time. from a religious next time, next go around. Mm-hmm. And he was like, no, very straight. And I was like, <laughs> okay, I don't know what that means, but uh, very cool. It means <laughs> like, like you're going to walk in with a giant erection. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's like, I think it just means he's an asshole. I think it means but... he's gay and he's like, I just want her to know. Oh, interesting. I don't know what that. I don't know what any of that means. Okay, so listen, you're you're assisting, <laughs> you're assisting like a fucking champion, yeah. champion on uh, Pineapple Express. Yeah. I was on this commercial. I just had a good story that wasn't that. But oh, I was good. on I a want commercial that. with. I guess I can. No one's. Who? Nobody. <laughs> hey, nobody. I was on a job with. Uh, I was on a commercial with David O. Russell. Is he single? And it's, no. It, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he's not. Um, but I was on a commercial with him, and this uh, this agency lady came up to him and was kind of like telling him something, and he's like like giving him telling him how to do his job. Basically, he's like, "Come here, come here for a second. And he had had a PA go out and buy some nose hair trimmers, and he like pulled her. Trey's <laughs> like, "You're gonna need these before you come talk to me again." <laughs> oh my god. That's a good story from set. He's like, leave me alone, Lily Tomlin, number two. Oh my god, no, he was great. That's the thing is, like, he was amazing, and I loved him. And I yeah. think he's he was a lovely guy and don't very. Um, oh, oh, you're. <laughs> I'm wiping my nose, and I don't want you to see because it because I said nose hair trimmer. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, no. But you're just you know too, you're um, too hunky and fireman like to uh, <laughs> see me wipe my nose. But you know what? You deserve it. I deserve it. You and your girlfriend he deserve great. it. He was great. He was actually really s- sweet and kind. I think he's a Buddhist. Like, he's super he said, sweet. My boyfriend, David O'Russell, is a Buddhist? Yeah, yeah. I he's can't cool. believe it. He's, like, laid back and chill. I love him. So, I really love stop him. deflecting your weird Jerry Falwell upbringing. So, you're, yeah, okay. so you're out of college. You're not playing basketball. Side note of a side note. Wait, why didn't you audition for a team or whatever they make you do? Get drafted. Did, did, there did you try? There was no way. I mean, there's, the people are really good. I was at a small college, like I okay. was undersized or oversized. Side note of another side note. Is it cheating so, if you give me a piggyback ride at the end of this podcast? <laughs> I don't think so. Okay. Okay, cool. Yay. That's all I want. I just want a little human connection and a piggyback ride from somebody bigger than me, which is somebody I, I never meet anybody as big or bigger than and me. you're tall. I'm tall. I'm 5'11". What size should you have? 13. 14. I think that's what my dad has. 13. I wear size 9 in men. Isn't that crazy? Big person. Big person, big, big personality, <laughs> big shoes, long, long foot. <laughs> One time I met John Sally at the, do you know what John Sally yeah, is? Yeah, he's a vegan. He's a vegan and yeah. he loves weed and he's a vegan. Here's what a bonehead I am. And they're two, basically this podcast is about me telling you about me. It's great. Celebrating my life in front of you. It's great. I'm in. <laughs> um, I'm in. Still got the time. It's only 1239. We got till two. Aristotle's like, speed it up. Just kidding. <laughs> Okay, so I'm at M Cafe, vegan, very cool, another hotspot exclusive in Los Angeles. It's not vegan, though. Oh, it's macrobiotic, <laughs> mainly vegan, but they have some fish options. How dare you? Um, so John Sally and I are sitting at the community table, 
He's no, he walks in. He's large. Taller than you, right? Yeah, he's like six nine, six ten. He should give. Did your stomach just growl on Mike? It was like a burp, <laughs> like a low. Listen, I know you're in a relationship, but you don't have to fucking offend me by your body, like physically gargling and gurgling, telling me I'm ugly. <laughs> that girl was like, that girl was like, back off, slut. <laughs> I'm like, okay, dude, just relax. I'm not even. This is me. Okay, so he should give you a piggyback ride, John Sally. Oh. So I'm at M Cafe. He walks in, and I go. Whoa! Excuse me, sir. Wow, you're so tall. Have you ever like you said that? To- <laughs> I go. Have you ever like thought about playing basketball or something? Like you're so tall and so crazy. And then I got up, made him go back to back with me to compare our heights. Oh God! And then- you're like our worst nightmare. <laughs> our worst <I'm> fucking. <laughs> oh my God! I was like, Have you ever thought about playing? I'm like, Did you ever play basketball? And he's like, Oh yeah, I played little ball. And I'm like, Oh my God! Like on like a professional team or whatever. <laughs> it's like, oh, rings. Yeah, he's like, yeah, maybe. And I'm like, well, had I heard of him? And he was like, yeah. And he like lists off like every major team he's ever played on. And I was like, whoa. I think he has championship. I think he was on the Pistons when they won. Listen, I don't know about all that. Do you know? But... Do you know basketball? We're gonna oh, look it up. All I know is maybe. I. <laughs> yeah, look it up. And then I will ask you for the information. I, I got to remember to ask Aristotle for the information because he's not going to interrupt us. Um, but I actually I have John Sally's phone number no. at, in my phone. I could. Did call, you ever call him? I could text yes, him. He would give me love advice. Text him. Uh, what what do I say? John, wait, hold on. Where's the? Let's see. John Sally. Oh, John. Look, look John Sally met at M Cafe. <laughs> <laughs> we can call him right now. Not gonna because maybe I'll just get him he's on the a, podcast. Yeah. So you're. He's Adam. really. He's really good. He's smart. He's cool. Um, where'd we leave off? I mean, listen. You're you're assisting. You're oh, pineapple yeah. expressing, but you're yeah. also like. Out of out of college. Yeah, tell me a about that. A couple years out of college. Your, your um, parents are very religious. My parents are very religious, very sweet. And you were going to be a priest, maybe. I was going to be a preacher. Take me through that. But that's already on a podcast. Yeah, if you want to hear about that, which one do they <laughs> listen to? Just the only other podcast you've yeah, been on, Steve yeah. Bazelon's podcast. Okay, well, cool. I can talk about it. So you almost, but then what made you like? What? what where was? When was that moment? Wait, did you and Steve date? Uh for a moment, yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. I, I think he has a girlfriend now. Now he's my friend. He's just my solid What's friend. What's his girlfriend's he's, name? I don't think I met her. Um, I don't think that's any of our business. <laughs> I don't know what her name is. I'm not sure. But uh, but yeah, now he's just my solid friend. We like dated like years ago. And now he's just like the most wonderful, loving, non-lechy awesome. creep. Yeah. yeah. Um, But you're not telling me. But I do want to know, like, when was the moment? Like, and did you go to preacher school? What does that entail? And when were you like, fuck this shit. I want to go to Hollywood. Was, no, no. I was like... I was coming to Hollywood to make like, I mean, I was coming to Hollywood to make wholesome movies in a, in a way, not like not like Hallmark movies. I was coming to make like movies that I don't know that I would like. Yeah. Uh, so, but while I was here, I kind of started going to some churches and everything. They all suck. They do. Somebody invited me to church the other day. Did you go? You should go. No, I mean I do pray and I like. Which one did you go to? No, Which I didn't go to it. They invited me to like Mosaic. Yeah, on- that's the worst. It's all hipsters, right? The worst. I oh. tried it. You did, so you well, still go to church? Like, no, that would have been like 10 years ago when it was first starting. It still happened. Kind of first started. Do you still go to church? No. Do no. you pray? No. Do you believe in God? Uh, No. Do you think you have angels looking over you? No. Well, that, yeah, it would be weird if you said yes to that. Yeah. No to all the others. <laughs> Wait, what's your astrological sign? Sagittarius. Fuck, I was going to guess. That's a really great match for us, but you know, you're taking you Hands off, ladies. You were going to guess? 
Yeah, because but you I can't just, like, say what is it and then say I was going to guess. I know. Listen, I got in a car accident the other day, so I'm a oh, little, brain's off like little foggy. Okay, so when was the moment when you were like, fuck this shit? Uh, it was slow. It was like a process of, of meeting people who I respected who weren't that way. And um, like kind of like trying to connect with people who were that way out here and not liking any of them really. I mean, there's a couple of people I like, of course. but um, And then I went on this... Um, missions trip to thailand after the tsunami hit it and then you had sex with a prostitute and you're like this is what i choose <laughs> no no okay no, that's not what happened oh, cool, cool. um they they uh i just didn't feel they wanted to pray for everyone they wanted to tra- they wanted to convert them and i didn't feel comfortable doing that because they that's all they had left was their religion and i was like why don't we just let them do that and help them oh yeah um so i was like i at the end of that i was kind of like you know i don't have anything really come with you guys anymore so i went to greek orthodox i kind of i didn't fully convert or get baptized whatever you do but i would start going to greek orthodox church which i really liked because it was magical mystical kind of secretive and god was like something bigger than us and we we tried you know effortlessly you know we tried to get him but we would never get there but i kind of like that idea that sounds but, fun should i go yeah. to greek would you still go there or you know you're just no. over all of it no i'm over all of it but i did read this uh john cage Book, you know John Cage. I've heard he's his a, name before, but what's this book? He's a uh, he was a composer in like the fifties and sixties, and he his big thing was he had a song called Silent or a song called Four Minutes and Thirty Three Seconds, and it was just silence. Um, it was uh, just silence. The song, like the pianist comes out, he opens the piano and just sits there, and then he closes it and walks off stage. Oh, interesting. Uh, but the point of that is that that what you're hearing is music. There's never such thing as silence. There's there's always music to be heard, and if you're not listening, you're not going to hear it. So. Why Why do you come and sit in an auditorium to hear music when it's happening all around you all the time? Because he's, he's a Zen Buddhist, and he's that's kind of their take on things. It's like there's always a painting to be looked at in front of you. There's always like, – so I like that kind of stuff. Yeah. But it was just – it was cool to hear it from his perspective too because he was – I don't know. He's in the 50s in, in New York City starting the you know what we consider contemporary art with Rauschenberg and uh, Jasper Johns and – it's pretty. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, sometimes I'll like just uh, get put my phone away, turn any music coming out of my phone, or any, and just roll down the window and just be like, I just want to listen to the sounds of the city because yeah. there's so much going. And it's like the nicest thing, where it's just like, I don't know, I yeah. like that. Also, do you uh, do you meditate or I do. You do? Yeah. Do you? Uh, I do. I try. I could try more and harder and better, but I do. Do you do psychedelics ever? Have you done mushrooms? I like mushrooms. Yeah. A lot. I, really? Yeah. But that's that's something that like taught me. I haven't done them in a while, but that's something that taught me how to see it in a way. Like, tell me why. Because the, your sense of sight is so much more pronounced and you have, like, more sensitivity to colors and more sensitivity to um, depth and uh, between things. And I, it's a really beautiful way to, like, actually look at things. Yeah. Um, and I fell in love with the shop vac. With a, with a shop vac? Yeah. What's you that? You know those big, like, container vacuum cleaners with the long hose. You they, fell in love with one? Yeah. You are fluid. It's a beautiful object. Oh, my. Who did you do mushrooms with? Are you going to show me a picture? No, can I show <laughs> Show me a picture. This, doesn't, this isn't going to translate very well to radio. That's but. fine. I should be insistorizing all of this. Um, have you done DMT? Uh, you know, I did it. I don't think I did enough. I, want, I didn't do enough either. Where'd you get it? It's hard to get it, you know. I have some. Give me some right now. Are we allowed to, the cops listen to this? No. Oh my, give me your phone. You're like <laughs> holding in your phone like I'm going to steal it. That's oh, my, uh... Oh my God, this is awesome. It's just funny. Okay, by the way, everybody, since this is an auditory thing we're on right now, I'm looking at a, is this a drawing? Well, this is a, 
collage that's going to be turned into a painting. This is a collage. It's going to be turned into a painting. And uh, it's interesting because you have things that look like that in your movie, like those yeah. machines. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're like into those kind that's of things. That's one that's already a, already a painting. Who made that? You did? Well, I make the collage and then I hire like scenic artists to paint them. Oh, and you're an art designer. I mean, yeah, yeah. oh, production, okay. designer, yeah. production designer. Oh, do you know Jade Healy? I have, I feel like I've met her. I yeah. know people that work with her. Yeah. But I don't know her. She works you, well. Were you on, were you in that movie, Ghost Story? No, but I've just been, I did a movie with like a Frank Ross movie a long time ago with David Lowry. Do you keep burping? Because it's got to stop. I can't no, I believe was, you. I was inhaling. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's a lot. But I did a movie with her. No. Yeah. I was in, I did a movie that. David Lowry DP'd a long time ago in Chicago that Frank Ross wrote and directed. And then Jade Healy did production design 10 years ago on some movie I did that Ty West directed. Oh, okay. So it's like I know this whole community of people. And then I met because of – then I met Joe Swanberg through Ty. And then he introduced me what to – What was the Ty West movie? Cabin Fever 2. Oh, cool. <laughs> that was so That's fun. Cool. That was yeah. fun. And he's cool. And that was That's awesome. Great. And then uh, Joe Swanberg did B-roll on Cabin Fever 2. Cool. And then through Joe, I met – Lena and Alex Ross Perry. Lena Dunham and Alex Ross Perry, and it was like this weird, this is a weird time for that was all those cool. people. Yeah, that's yeah. a way to. Yeah, it's that's like, the time to know them. I mean, yeah, they're great um, now too. I guess. So where'd you get to? <laughs> What'd you say? I, said, I guess they're great now too. No, I like. I like I, 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 I'm recent friends with all those people. Most of those people. So Do you want I, one of these? Let's read minstrips. Yeah. Yeah. This is their advertising course. Yeah. This uh, this episode is uh, sponsored by Listerine Minstrips. <laughs> and Listerine, if you ever want to actually uh, pay me, you can Venmo me at Alexi Wasser <laughs> for the sponsorship that I uh, just pretended to have from you. Okay. So where'd you go to the DMT? Oh, so my friend's on the uh, a dark web. And so he came over to my house one day and he had a... Um... <laughs> Your friend's on the dark web? <laughs> yeah. This is a funny episode because you're funny to get information out of because I won't let you speak, I guess. But keep going. Come on. But he uh, he came over to my house. I won't say his name. Cops that are listening, no, trying to get his ever. name. I'll not fucking tell you. Nobody's listening. Um, he came over with this Pelican case. What the fuck? That had like locks on it and it like he had a key, I unlocked it, opened it up and it was like little mason jars oh, with wow. like a P-Touch label. That said, like what each drug was inside of it, and it was amazing. He's like, "What do you want?" <laughs> Your friend contacted somebody on the dark web, and the person came over with a briefcase. No, no, he ordered the stuff. It came in FedEx. Wow! And then uh, he organized it like that. It's how pretty we, amazing. How do we get on the dark web? I, I don't know. I just do you have. You have <laughs> oh my god! That's the first time Aristotle's ever laughed so hard. It's such a bogus question to me. Uh, how do you guys? We gotta do. We gotta get on the dark do web. Do you have nerd friends? Aristotle Are you on there. the dark web? Aristotle no. is actually the... Ma- Wouldn't that be funny if he's the head of the dark web and no. he's like really incognito? No. Wait, why are no, you scared? Cops. You sound very scared. I'm very scared because he scared. is the head of the dark web. And oh my God, everybody. I don't want the cops coming. Okay, so dark web happened. Oh, my my friend used to have an account uh, to get onto the dark web. That sounds so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen... I'm glad Aristotle... Like Twitter about it. Uh, but he's like Aristotle smiling. It makes me happy. Um... My friend worked for an escort agency, and she had a secret password to uh, do all the bookings. Isn't that crazy? She worked. She was an escort. No, she wasn't an escort. She was like the production. She was. She was the one who like made the appointments and like got the money and gave it back to the head of the thing. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. And then when she when she quit, and she had to like gracefully exit so they wouldn't like murder her or something. Like she was like, I just you know I really want to do a different type of job, and this is just like, but thank you. And then all of a sudden, like it was all wiped clean and she they changed the it's like she, anyway her password and all the well, that's their livelihood that's scary but yeah but you got to think they can see all that stuff right 
No, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, yeah I just don't know. I'm just happy to be alive. Everything. I hear everything. God, well, sometimes I, I hope they can't see me doing anything If weird. you're not doing anything wrong, what are you worried about, What are you man? worried about? I can't even do I can't do uh, accents. Oh, God. What are you worried about, man? We're oh. doing nothing wrong. Wait, do you think you're going to get married to your wife? To my girlfriend? I mean, to your girlfriend. I think I'm going to get married to her. I don't know. We talk about kids. You do? It's more, it's more about kids at this point. Would than you have getting... kids? Yeah, I like kids. Yeah. You guys want to adopt me? Yeah. Okay, yeah, very yeah. cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. So, DMT. Yeah. I didn't do enough. So, we were at Joshua Tree, and I kind of smoked it. And I had like, I hallucinated, but it was like all black and white, uh, which was open? fine. Eyes a lot open? of geometric, no closed eyes. Yeah, a lot of geometric patterns. It was nice. Not but green. I like mushrooms better. Yeah. Did you do DMT? I did DMT, and I did it with this guy Hamilton Morris. Have you ever heard of that guy? Mm-mm. He has a show on Vice where he just like does drugs all around the world. And I'm so glad I had my. I'm not so glad. I'm so. But I'm just saying. I'm so glad I had my near-death car experience that I survived because I think my listeners are probably so bored of hearing me be like, I did DMT once. Here's my DMT story. I'm an oh, idiot. Oh, do you tell the story of thing? Well, because I'm always like, yeah, so ever do drugs? That's cool. I did DMT once. <laughs> it's like, oh, shut up. You're an idiot. Okay, I'm talking about myself. What is your but, demographic? People listen. You know, just people. Just like people. cool oh. people. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not Do you sure. have like uh, metrics that you can look at or who, where, where do you, how do you get to it? What'd you say, Eric? Location? But not uh, gender. Uh, I do have on my Instagram, like, the analytics. What are you doing? Can you send me a uh, Kleenex? You're disgusting. <laughs> Just kidding. Here you go. Um, on my Instagram, you can tell, like, who's, like, it's mainly, primarily women between, like, I don't know, 18 and 35. No, 20 something and I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that was a cool story. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Hey, here's the point. Real cool, thoughtful, kind, deep, intellectual, yet hip, fun people, earnest. men and women, earnest, searchers. Uh, did I just burp? No, I think that was you again. I, think I did again. Okay, that's cool. No. I mean, stop. How do you stop. hear all these burps? Stop, because I have great hearing, and maybe the accident uh, affected my hearing, <laughs> so I've got, like, that's my superpower, like some Marvel comic. <laughs> so we're in a comic book shop. Yeah. And I was looking at the comics because it was a little bit early. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And there's you. one called... Um, Scooby-Doo in the Apocalypse? Have you oh, seen this? Eric. It's like a roided out Scooby-Doo and like everyone's like, uh, what's his name? Is hot. Shaggy's hot, dude. Shaggy's hot? Yeah. He looks good. You it's are so bisexual today. <laughs> I can't believe you. You're all I, like... There's that one guy. Yeah. <laughs> there's that one guy in Tokyo. <laughs> he was good. Because you, while you look like a fireman, you've got the you've got the personality of an of an arty uh, you know thinker. Bye. An arty bye. No, not an um, arty bye. But you've got like yeah. You know, here's what? a funny story about the guy I was in love with. Better be. You I, were really in love with. I him? bought the shoes he was wearing because <laughs> uh, I loved them. I was like, those are the coolest shoes. And then I was he had really long hair. Oh, I love long hair. He had a big beard. And I was growing my hair out, and I went to the, the woman to cut my hair, and I was like. You know, I want to grow it out. I want to look, you know, cool. This is probably like 10 years ago. It was a long time yeah. ago. It before. It was cool. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> it was cool. It was cool always. Uh, and she goes, oh, you should look like this guy. And she held up a magazine with his picture in it. It was him. <laughs> Just by accident? Yeah, yeah. That was God trying to tell you something. I know. I have a lot of interesting run-ins with that guy. With that guy? Do I know no, this guy? Anymore. Is he straight? Yeah, he's straight. I, Can I, I date uh, that guy? I want to if I if I can't date you, I want to date the dude that you're in love with because yeah, I want you yeah, to I really good. want you to feel I think this you thing. Just do that, What's yeah. his name? I gotta look it up. I don't know. Let's find a photo of him. 
Live in here, you guys. While he looks for a photo, I'll just make up a song. I, I don't even know how to live in my life. Feeling my feelings. He used to know his name. Thinking my thoughts every darn day. Three, three championships with the Pistons, right? Uh, two with the Pistons. Okay. Aristotle just chimed in with the information that John Sally won three championships, two with the Pistons. I'm not going to say this guy's name. Here's a fun. Here's a weird fact. Here's a weird fact. No, you are going to tell me the name. The weird fact is. Oh, I found. You look. Oh, I remember his name now. Let me see. Let me see. Is he gorgeous? Is he? You probably know him. Oh my god! Give me, give me a gander. Give me a peek. Oh my god! Wait, did he used to date a girl named Natasha or Natalia? Who the Brazilian? fuck? Wait, what's his name? Is he American? He's... I think his name is Clinton. He dated my friend who's Brazilian. No, yeah, no. yeah, yeah. Who's Italian. Yeah, yeah. She's like a model. That's who he was dating when I was in love with him. The, I'm in love with him, too. Yeah. Oh, I'm my sure. God. How could you have enough could... of him to go around. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, you have great taste in men, and I think I do, too. But oh. now it's kind of played out. That looks kind of played out. Oh, now. it does look a bit played out, but, like, <laughs> you guys would be a great couple. But, I mean... I don't know. I don't want to get into it. I'm not trying to talk anal sex top and bottoms no. on this podcast, okay? Shout out to your mom and dad. It's a little old. <laughs> I, I bet he looks different now, though, right? I mean, this is like, this oh, is like you 10 can, years ago. You couldn't love his personality? I didn't know his personality. But we did oh, hang out just, in Tokyo. What, what the hell does that mean? You've said that four times? I ran into I walked into a bar in Tokyo, and he's sitting there by himself. Is he bisexual? No, I just went up to him and started talking to him. He's there working. No makeout? No. None nothing. of my business. Stop I was with training. my friends. Okay. I was, I was with your friends too. You can. You can. I was there. Yeah. Um, wow. Clinton, I think is his name. Okay. Relax. Okay. You're engaged practically. <laughs> You're, we're talking babies here. She would be happy. Does to she hear. know all about this? Yeah, I'm sure. You're sure I'm you've sure not you've knows. not told her, but you just she assume knows. she knows. She knows. <laughs> She's not a mind reader. Oh my god. Okay. So. How the fuck did this movie come together? How did you get funding? Okay, I'm going to ask you all the dumb questions, yeah, by the way, because I love your well, movie. Well, that's how the people find out how to do it. I know, but sometimes people are like... Did you really like it? You can be honest. I you swear don't to have God, to like it. I can't talk about the ending because I don't want to yeah. spoil it for yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. But I was like, I'm trying to do a facial expression for my reaction to it, but you guys can't see that out there. But it was like, oh, no. What? <laughs> no. Oh, wow. But didn't you just love That was my them? reaction to the movie. Didn't you just love them, though, those guys? Yeah, I loved them. That's why I was like, oh, no. Yeah. And then there's like a fake out weird moment thing where you're like, what? Oh, oh. It's a little, yeah. Um, it's not for everyone. I really liked it. I think it's a special, beautiful movie. And here's what I want to know. Yeah. How much did it cost to make? Am I allowed to tell you that? No, oh, that's what I'm saying. That's, there are all these like rules, but like I don't give a fuck. It's like I'm a human being. Let's say I'm like your child who's like... Uh, trying to know about making movies what's the like what's but the it's still bracket? on the marketplace it's still oh to for distribution no, i mean we have distribution but it's still out there working its magic so it's but i mean like to they're gonna make sell it. to like they're gonna sell to like airlines oh really well, who's your distributor orchard orchard yeah. okay and then did uh rough house have anything to do with actually like, finding money for you to make it or they just no came but in they later? helped me rough house helped me put in theaters we were oh. in the, uh, which is Shocking. We were in 50 theaters yeah. for a week in America, which is crazy. That's amazing. Canada, yeah. To see your movie in a movie theater, you just, yeah. you just burst into tears and go like, I wish Clint was here. Yes. <laughs> and there's posters of the movie. Everyone was sending pictures of posters. I mean, no one went to see it really, which is fine. But I mean, it's not fine. But it was cool. And Rough House really 
kind of championed it in that sense. It was really nice of them. So did David Gordon Green know you're making this movie and he was like, I'm going to help you? Or did you just do this all on your own without him, but you knew him so you could talk about it with him after? No, he helped, he helped me from day one. From he was day the one. first. He and Alex Ullman, who used to be at his company. I don't know who that is. He, th- those two were the real champions. And Brandon. Brandon James. I met him. Yeah. yeah he's cool. And um, they were all super helpful. Yeah. And uh, so once I had, I think it gave, what Rough House did is it gave the investors more of like a framework to understand what the movie was, like kind of the voice of it, because it, it is similar to David's work, I would say. But um, and, then you had, and then we got it to Andre. After we had Rough House's name on there, we got it to the Andre Royas, the actor. Oh, to get him to act in yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. We had a mutual friend named Julie, uh, Julia Kim, who's a casting director, and she was helping out, and she connected us. And uh, and from there we just we, we went around to all the my producer who's now my girlfriend oh and my God, that's our so other cool. producer April. Can she produce my movie? Maybe. Oh my god, not anymore. Not after I've been <laughs> talk, talking about you. I'm, I'm not in love with your boyfriend. Okay, I'm not. This is just my silly personality. I do this with everybody. It's completely harmless. Stop me. I'm not. I would never. <laughs> how dare you? Oh my god. Wait, what's your girlfriend's name? Sarah. Sarah what? Murphy. Sarah Murphy. I need a, a cool, strong, badass champion uh, for film. And uh, out there. I want Sarah Murphy to be my girlfriend. See, I'm more interested in your girlfriend, actually, than I would ever be <laughs> in you. Okay, anyway, I'm just kidding. Um, uh, or am I? Okay, so, but what is the bracket? Like the, the financial, like, like, like uh, we were, we under were, 250? We were, well, I'll put it this way. Yeah. We were nominated for the John Cassavetes Award. Uh, at the Independent Spirit Awards, which the requirement for that is that you be under five hundred thousand dollars. Oh my god, that's so fucking awesome! So you're under five hundred thousand dollars. How long did it take you to write this script? And it's inspired by your friend Eddie that you're friends with in Philadelphia, right? Who was a heroin addict. He, I was friends with him out here actually, but he was from Philadelphia, and he, yeah, he was like a heroin addict and like a pimp in the eighties. And I got with him. David kind of connected us too. We were all kind of in the same world. And yeah, who is this guy? Where did he come from? And he's passed away. He's since passed point. away, yeah. and the movie's dedicated to him. The movie's dedicated to him. But you're talking to him. Why? Like, were you having conversations? Because I wanted to make a movie about his life, or yeah. he wanted to make a movie about his life. Excuse me. And I met with him and interviewed him and talked to him about his life. And then I went away and kind of wrote this other weird little movie that has not much to do with his life, but kind of inspired by him. And that's and, Hunter Gatherer. And that's Hunter Gatherer. Okay. Yeah. And he. Um, so then he passed away. And, of what? An uh, overdose? He was just very unhealthy. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, he had a liver or something, and then it was quick. I'm sorry. Very sad. Um, so, yeah, it was based on kind of his life, and then I just kind of took – I was at the beginning, I was kind of naive and like really kind of, oh, the cool pimps and drugs and like I can make Panic and Needle Park. You know? Yeah. And then I was like, wait, I don't know. That's not me. That's not who I am. And so I kind of made a step to remove all of the – anything that like an adult would do is not in that movie. Yeah. Like it's all stuff that – like the movie could be set probably in like an elementary school or middle school and be the same thing. But I think that when you take though that dichotomy of like things that kids do and put it in the world that you normally see in films in a different way, yeah. and you, it creates a new thing, a synthesis that's something fresh and something that uh, – you know, can communicate a new, you know, things that we already know. But how long did it take you to write this? And how many pages was it? How many drafts did you do? That's interesting to me. I probably did. I, I mean, it's a little weird when you're working in your office with no one reading it. How many drafts you do? Because it's well, I mean, okay, like numbered drafts. I probably had four or five. Four or five. But I mean, like, did you send out versions and get responses yeah. like, from people? And then yeah. 
And then I did that around 10 times. 10 times? And how yeah. long what was the time frame for that? It's five years, six years. Five or six years for yeah. Hunter Gatherer. Yeah. And how many, I mean, I'm doing, I'm asking these it's questions yeah. because, because I've actually like, I did like three drafts of a thing and it was 135 pages. I got yeah. down to 98 pages and it's like, I, I'm struggling with like, when do you know when it's done? Even if you, if, even if I love it, I don't want to send it out to producers if it's not ready and I'm not, and well, it's hard to send to it know. to friends you trust and do all that stuff. So how did you know when it was like in a good place? Who was the sign off? I carved away everything that wasn't the movie. You did? <laughs> Um, I just started with all the words, and I took the ones that made the movie. Well, was there a specific? Per- <laughs> well, was there a specific person though um, that was like, "Yes, this is," because you already had David Gordon Green in your feel, corner. Yeah, it was. It was feeling pretty good, and it, the responses kept getting better. And it was like, like honestly, the script's like seventy-two pages. Seventy-two pages. pages. I like short kind of, but but I talk it's a lot. Paced. It's like you know, it's glacially kind of paced. As people have said on Letterboxd in a derogatory sense. Oh. Um, Mm-mm. But uh, but it's you know it's a slow movie that makes you like sit down and just like observe. Yeah. Um, so we could go. We knew our page count was going to be a little low. Yeah. Um, and how did I know? I don't know. I just kind of felt like it was all there. I felt like I had completed the world that I wanted to create. And for me, the movie is a lot about the tone of the movie more than like what happens. Yeah. So once I felt like all those beats of the tone and the tonal shift, and once I felt like that had been taken care of and on the script i feel i felt like the rest was just up to execution did did uh david gordon green read it and go and just go yeah if he had crazy notes or anything or? he always loved the script like he always how had notes. nice he, <laughs> he i mean he's been really supportive of yeah. me like he's great um he um yeah he was super supportive and he was uh yeah he always had notes he always had a trillion notes what were you doing at sundance this year my girlfriend had a, two movies. What two movies? projects. Person to Person. <gasps> Dustin. Dustin Guy Defay. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm writing your girlfriend. Is she going to hate me after this podcast? I'm actually no. in love with your girlfriend <laughs> no. now in a major no, way. She's great. Because you don't understand. Like, I wonder if she ever. T- I, I don't know. Okay. Sarah Murphy. I feel like if. Did she speak on a panel? Like a women in film panel? Probably. Months blonde. ago. I wonder. She's blonde? Yeah. I wonder if I saw her speak on the Okay, sorry. Okay, I can yeah. show you a clothed picture of her. Please <laughs> do. Yes. This turns into, oh, God. Is that, is that show me a picture of Clint again or whatever his name is. Oh, God. This Clayton. Is like, it might be Clayton. Clayton? Or Clinton. I oh, think it's whatever. Clinton. This is about Sarah Murphy and me, okay? Yeah. How dare yeah, you? I, 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 oh, so. You should have her on the podcast. I would love to. Well, just because I feel like, uh, okay, so you well, you had these people championing, like, how, okay, so. Then where does the money come from? Then okay, so you write the script that you like. That's kind of that's simple. It's different. It's special. It's not like some fucking blockbuster thing. That's like this will really get ass. It's like a special art house, gentle, lovely, beautiful film. Great. That should be made. You know, awesome. But that doesn't mean people are going to want to give. Them- Where do you like? Cause what I struggle with, I think. How are fuck? How am I going to get money for this thing? Those they're out there. Those people are out there, and they're 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 behind a firewall. They like basically, are like, they're in the dark web. They want, they want to, they want good projects. They want to support interesting and new voices, and they want, and they're now like on that on your side of it. Back then, before we got funding, I was like, it's impossible. And now on this side of it, I'm like, oh, there's a lot of these people, and there's a lot of this money going around, and and they just got to find them. I mean, we, I, I was lucky. Sarah and April, my two producers. Who's April? April Lamb. April Lamb. I'm writing yeah. her because yeah. Yeah. Yes. Thank you to April Lamb and Sarah. Yeah. So they had a lot of relationships uh, around town with with production companies, and they went out with it, and they were like, 
they said we don't no one is stepping up to give us the money for this because they don't think it's marketable but we are getting great response to it which we don't normally get normally production would be like this is shitty or no way we can't do this um so they they felt like so we pushed the shoot because they they felt like they could get money for it and they they just saw the momentum kind of going that way and what we did really smartly was connected with Synetic, which is uh, oh. which I'm now signed with. They're my management company, but they're they're sales reps. I went to that part. You were at that party where I saw you at, at the Synetic party. Aren't they a dis- distribution place or no? No, they're a sales agent. A sales and agent. a lawyer, John Sloss, is the head. They kind of came up uh, uh, with Linkletter and Todd Haynes. Kind of established it. Oh. They were the indie film world of the late '90s. So they, they manage because they manage directors as well. They manage people. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Okay, so. So Sarah got so, you connected with Synetic? Yeah. So Sarah and April connected us with Synetic and they were – I mean it was at Sundance three years ago now. And they were like – they met with this guy Jesse who's not with Synetic anymore. And he was like, yeah, I think I, I think I know who would do this. And we, we had two phone calls and both those people are the ones who gave us money. They two were, financiers? Two financiers who were young in the industry. They wanted to – you know, one of them wanted to make their first movie and yeah. be a part of it, see it from beginning to end. Interesting. And, yeah. So you just need to find a producer who believes in the project and can frame it and really fucking mm-hmm. vacuum push it. Mm-hmm. And then they connect you to whatever little bit of piece, which you know a lot of people, like whatever bit of piece you can get of just street cred of like, like someone who's going to put their name on it helps. Even yeah. If it's like if someone who's done something who has a production company or somebody, because at the end of the day, Rough House, I mean, Rough House ended up giving us helping us go into theaters. Yeah. But before that, they had done a lot, but they hadn't given us any money. They weren't, they weren't like, you know, backing the project, but they yeah. put their name on it and they put their reputation on the line and they, they stepped out for us. And so we took advantage of that as much as we could. And what about like the fact that, okay, so you have producers who believe in it, you get connected to financiers, uh, and then the hiring, ha- like, so the producers, you hope that they're experienced and that they're, I'm like, this is like bare bones, like film school yeah, 101 yeah, yeah. for yeah. listeners and kids. Cause I like to take it to that, like kind of like distilled, like very simple as if I'm developmentally challenged, like asking all these questions, <laughs> you know, but it's like, so Sarah and April, were they like, did they head up the like meeting with DPs or did you know who you wanted to work with and like, and like getting the crew together and all, did yeah, they, they were they in charge stuff. of that? Yeah, they do all that stuff. And I work in film too. So I know a lot of people. So you already and we knew had, that. Yeah. Especially like art department. Like I know all my friends helped out and pitched in and yeah. we did have a bit of a DP last minute needing a DP and uh, they were super helpful with that. And we, we ended up with this guy, who? John Aguirre who is from Spain. And I think he did a great job on the movie. Um, I met him through my, a friend of mine who's a colorist. I was like, who is the young, you know, hungry DP who's talented as fuck, who wants to do a really low-budget movie? And he sent us this guy. Who's your colorist? His name's Alex Bickle. Alex Bickle. He did, uh, I think he did uh, Ain't Them Body Saints. Oh, really? Oh, As well God. as other ones. I mean, he always has like 10 movies at Sundance. Oh, he DP'd? No, he's a colorist. Oh, yeah. And the coloring is yeah. so nice. David Lowry's yeah. movies are always like ethereal and dreamy and yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, Bradford Young shot that. Oh yeah. Also, he's now Oscar nominee, and he's vegan. That's why David chose oh, him. <laughs> he does good work, but he's vegan because David Lowry is vegan. Uh, their whole family is. But oh my goodness! Well, so what were the crazy? What were like the crazy things you ran into? Like, how long was the production? How long was the shoot? Uh, we had eighteen days shoot. Eighteen days. We had you know everything's hard. Like people ask me the hardest part of the of making a movie. I'm like everything is the hardest thing until you do it because oh my God. it's. 
because it's impossible until it's real. So even like up to the point of like trying to get reviews to come out after we play, oh trying God. to get distributors to watch it, trying to like get into a festival, like all that stuff is like impossible and not going to happen until it does. And then you look back and go, oh, of course it was going to happen. But I was lucky. I think my, my production team and the crew was super supportive and throughout the entire production. And, and they really kind of guarded me from any disasters. I mean, there's a lot of location things where we had to pick new locations. Or, no wonder you fell in love with Sarah Murphy. Yeah, I'm yeah. in love with her too now. I just want her to protect me. Yeah. Oh my God. I mean, this is like dedicated to Sarah Murphy. I think... And if, April Lamb. And April Lamb, yeah, for sure. If uh, you... I, I, I doubt you'd talk to a first-time filmmaker who got to sleep eight hours every night of the shoot. And oh, my I did. God. Like, I just felt really And fall in love. And, and you fell in love. <laughs> you lucky bastard. No, this no. is the dream. Oh, my God. But, uh, oh, fascinating. Okay, wait. I, I do want to ask you another, another thing. Okay, so you're shooting the thing. 18 days. Living your life. Where are we going with this? You're shooting the thing. And then we don't get into Sundance. You didn't get into Sundance. Get into Sundance no. Were you devastated? Yeah depressed as fuck and like we we got this good feedback and you know you're feeling good and you get that call and it's totally demoralizing it's the worst we got into south by we got in south by we won an award andre won an award there uh it was a good experience but the deals are worse there right you get more money sundance is like you can make a lot of money it's all cachet it's all hollywood mainstream up all in utah (laughs) yeah yeah i mean yeah yeah that sundance stamp of approval means a lot to a a film and to a, a filmmaker too do you think there's still time now? It's May. Do you think you can make a movie by now? Like, let's oh, say, no. Let, I, no. Let's say you have a script. I'm talking about me. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. If you have a script, is there time to make it and get it to Sundance? Now no. is it over? We hadn't shot our movie at this point. Really? We shot in August. Can I tell you, this is like a very vulnerable, embarrassing thing that I'm going to tell you. During my near-death experience on the freeway that we started the show talking about, I swear to God, in the most genuine, vulnerable way, when I was like, I felt like I was like hanging on by a thread, like, like, and I, and like, like angels pulled me out of like being killed or whatever. I was like, I don't want to die. I don't want to die. I didn't get to make my movie. <laughs> yeah, I, swear, I know that feeling. I swear to God, because yeah. I thought, I thought I have something to say. It's not, perp- I have something to say, and I want to make this thing. And I'm so, that's why I'm like fascinated by you and all the details of how yeah. you made your movie, because it feels so impossible. And I hate to say this, but it also feels like I have a lot of guy friends who are filmmakers and they make, they like outline their script and they don't mm-hmm. even write a full script and they haven't done anything, but they get funding and financing for an outline <laughs> script for like $250,000. And I'm like, there's no fucking way if I outlined a script, right. I would get that money. And I feel like there's like people champion. And that's why I'm so all about your girlfriend in April, Sarah Murphy and April Lamb right now. Cause I'm just like the idea of like people in a position of power championing a woman i know you're a man you're a great guy and but you're very in touch with your feminine side which is cool so i totally love you you're totally you're totally awoken or whatever um <laughs> but uh it just seems like it's harder for like course, your, yes. like your relationship I mean, the... do you think it is or am i just Absolutely. saying that yeah why is it that it's harder for like because you know david gordon green he loves you he's like yeah fuck i back your shit whatever that's a just a loose example a vague example but why is it harder for for another person to, to believe in a in a in a woman first time filmmaker, why do you think? Just off the top of your head, I don't mean to put you in a corner, but I mean it's there's a lot of reasons. I mean, our society is built on misogyny and patriarchy, and capitalism is based on like the male gaze and all this is, stuff. It's based on white men taking advantage of of other people. Like I mean, Exclusive. that's yeah, <laughs> I know it's a real like a hot take, whatever, but it's I mean the fact is that capitalism. I mean, I'm, yeah. I love it. <laughs> I don't no, want to get too it. political. This, this is great. But, no, but, please. But the way capitalism works is it is it 
creates a distance between those who have and those who don't. And when the people who have feel like their power is being taken, they will do whatever they can to like push down those who are taking it. And I think that's what we see a lot. But but having said that, I think there are a lot of investors now and a lot of producers now because of huge movements like Black Lives Matter and what the Occupy movement of equality, movements of equality that we see the the problem in our industry. And I think there's a lot of um, producers and investors who want to right that wrong. And I think that this is uh, that right now is a, a good time to be a female filmmaker. I think a, pe- a lot of people want to support female filmmakers. I hope they do. Sarah Murphy, I love you. I'm coming for you. I'm coming for you, girl. Okay. Can, um, wait, before we, can yeah. I go pee again? I have to pee again. Again? You so better much... hurry the fuck up. Okay, we're, we'll be back in be two right back. seconds, guys. <laughs> See you in a bit. And we're back. Yes. Um... Thank you. Sorry. Of course, no, am thank I, am you. I the only person who's ever had to go to the bathroom in so, the middle of a... We, no, but it's so funny that you went to the bathroom before the podcast, yeah. and you're 6'6". You'd think your bladder was like that of a 6'6 <laughs> man. You know what I mean? Like you'd have a big bladder. Maybe you have I a really... Drink a lot. You do? Yeah. No. <laughs> Listen, John Cassavetti's award, Live in Your Life, Hunter Gatherer, Falling in Love, The Eternal Sunshine, <laughs> Sarah Murphy, <laughs> Just... and uh, April Lamb. You're grabbing a tissue to wipe tears away because you're so joyous about your great life. So, okay. So what is, you did that. Okay. So what's next? Are you, are you, are you, are you you're, you're an art director mm-hmm. usually and you make money that way. Yeah. So is that what you've been doing since Hunter Gatherer? Yes, touring a lot. We did a lot of festivals yeah. going around and in between that, uh, getting jobs on commercials. And that's how you survive and make money. Mm-hmm. Okay, so still with Anonymous or just freelance? Just freelance. Yeah, and that's where all the money is, it seems like, commercials, because you're taking money from corporate companies, companies essentially, that's right? Yeah, so you great. get that money so you can afford to starve making your passion exactly, project exactly. art thing. Um, and what, I mean, have you already written the next thing? What, what's next? Uh, I just got back from Arkansas because I'm uh, writing a script about bass fishing. You are? Yeah. Oh, so, is it going to be like the piano player where it's like just it's just like an hour and a half of just a guy just like fishing and it's quiet? Yeah. <laughs> like That'd the, be amazing. Yeah, anyway, I no, want that well, no, what is it? What is this about? Uh, it's about kind of the formative years of competitive bass fishing was in the South and they were there's a lot of like cheating and murders and intrigue and what? Yeah, it's a really weird time. <laughs> in the south because you have all these factories like closing down and people are getting left behind by the economy that's changing and there's this thing they start this thing to, for themselves called like competitive bass fishing so these guys who don't have jobs or they just kind of like they have something they can be good at and they have something that they can win um how yeah. did you end up like where does that form in your brain <laughs> to like i'm gonna make the movie about this like there was this is a period piece yeah, yeah, I think it's in like the the same way, kind of way Hunter Gatherer is kind of like timeless in a way. Hunter Gatherer is for sure timeless. Yeah, it's, yeah, it'll be maybe kind of like that, but it, it would be more in the seventies, eighties. Yeah. 80s. Um, no, we just kind of like started reading about it and looking at it, and I wanted a way to engage with the South, which is where I come from, and kind of come to terms with what it is, and revisit it, and fall in love with it again, and see it beautiful you know see the beauty of it and see the crazy people live there and yeah uh just kind of yeah and come to terms with the political situation too is is how you you have to be there and interact and talk to them um my opinion what's your advice to like young filmmakers who see your movie or look up to you and go i want to do that like what would you say based on all this they've gone through 
um, no one's going to care about your movie until until they do. Like, no one cares. No one cares. Not no. even your friends. Nobody like, cares. <laughs> Nobody cares. You have to Nobody care, right? Shit. Yeah, you have to. You have to care, and you have to know that it's bigger than you. But you will find people to help you for sure. You like will. Sarah and April and my friends who did our department. Like they all, they all cared for sure. But the first, you know, everyone I thought would kind of fell away, and then this person fell away, and then this thing fell away. Not to point anybody out, but it's just like, I like want names. There, there are like good friends of mine. The movie's been on iTunes for. We played nine days straight in L.A. The movie's been it's been on iTunes for two or three months now. There are good friends of mine, quote unquote, who haven't even seen it yet. It's like, oh come on, this is the thing I worked for for fucking seven years. Oh my god! Don't text me. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> like, don't text me until you see the movie. Yeah. Um, Jesus, it's so, an hour and a half. Yeah, nobody gives a shit. It, it, but it's and it's awesome when people do. Like the other side of that coin is like when people do. The people do come out to the, the screening at AFI or come out to send a family. It's really magical and really special. And you, yeah. You really. The support means so much because you know it's hard to come by. And how did Sarah and, and April get? You didn't even know them from before. From before? How April. Did... I met April through uh, Rough House. She had taken a meeting with Rough House, and so they connected me with her. She had just randomly taken a meeting to work with them. She was just taking a general, just a general meeting. She worked. She came up to be a producer for them. Yeah, yeah, to, to produce small projects that they were doing. And so, and then they went, "Hey, we just met with this girl. Why don't you guys connect? Because you need a producer." Yeah. And how did she have all her contacts and know people? Just she had been doing it freelance for a while. Yeah, I mean, we we were. It was, this was her second movie. Yeah. So we were learning. We were both kind of learning as we went, but super supportive and super helpful. And oh my god. Um, yeah, she worked. She came up with Steve McQueen. She was Steve McQueen's assistant. For she a while. was. Yeah, Holy yeah. shit. Yeah, she's cool. She's cool. So she's now she's producing movies now and. You know, keep trucking. Do they always work together, Sarah and April? No. Uh, they. I'm sure they will again. Uh, Sarah just started a company. Called what? Called Pastel. Pastel? Yeah. P-A-S-T-E-L? Yeah. Just got into car accidents. My brain's a little yeah. foggy. I don't know how to spell <laughs> pastel today. How dare you? Well, that's cool. So what's the... I got to have her on the podcast. But uh, so what's they're, that all about? Well, their first... Sarah... Their first movie is called Moonlight. And Are you serious? Really well. <laughs> oh, my God. This is so, great. Like, Sarah didn't produce Moonlight. Uh, that was Adela. Uh, that was what? Adela. A woman named Adela. Um, and, but the three of them started this company called Pastel. That is... And do they, do they have, Barry like... Barry and Adela and Sarah. Oh, Barry, the director? Of, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, Barry, Sarah, and Adela yeah. started this production company. And do they have, like, a... An agenda is it like we're trying to do this? They're trying to make films that push boundaries. I think they're trying to make films that have a clear voice and come from a clear perspective and um, tell. Th- yeah, and not to be a traditional movie. They they have a lot of. I don't know. They have a lot of friends who make crazy movies, and they want to help them. Can I have Dave Becky set a meeting with Pastel? Okay, <laughs> gonna make some fucking shit happen. Um, it's just okay. So, you, do you think Sarah, you and Sarah will do movies? Together? Like, this is like the great, great uh, Cassavetes and uh, you know, Gina Rollins, Rollins, yeah, Rollins, yeah, whatever. Rollins, Rollins yeah. sorry. Um, I mean, that's the dream, and you're yeah. living this. That's how it should be. Yeah, it's good. It's nice. So, she'll be producing your next movie. I hope. She doesn't fuck it up. Oh God. <laughs> anyway, what else did I leave it? Anything else you want to mention? Sure, that we I need don't to. Fuck up. 
I'm going to make sure to see Hunter Gatherer. I'm going to buy it because you sent me a link. I'm going to buy it on iTunes. Yeah, buy that shit. Like I should. I'm totally. I am totally going to do that. I'm yeah, gonna, this, is, I'm, this is buying. This is your whatever. The PR, we're, we're everyone, getting the, all the, your listeners. We're getting the word out. We're talking about you. It's a love letter to you, uh, essentially. And uh, <laughs> so everybody, go see Hunter Gatherer. Get on iTunes, you fucking cheap bastards. How about you support somebody who uh, fucking you know uh, devotes himself to entertaining you, you jerks? Um, anyway, uh, and what else do they need to know? Uh, that's it. Just be nice to your friends. Just be nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for so much for being on. Go see a ghost story too okay. in July. It's so good. Well, I mean, they, well, listen, uh, we'll get there. This is about you. Are okay? you are you on the billboards for the airplanes? I am. Yeah, I thought so. Was that a lot of money? No. Was because you don't get any residuals for that? Right? You, you get like get... a buyout, and that money is gone. Gone. <laughs> I'm like a poor girl who just. Uh, well, you got a good buyout. Barely. Oh, really. I'm just a, a poor girl in Los Angeles with a dream. You should find someone. You should find a man to take care of you. I don't want that. How dare you, Sarah? I'm coming for you. This is. The, I, I apologize if I was disrespectful to you, and uh, I didn't mean to call your boyfriend a fireman. But uh, congratulations to your love. I love you. I'm more in love with you than your boyfriend in any way, shape, or form. By the way, he might be gay. Just kidding. Anyway, everybody, watch Hunter Gather on iTunes, and uh, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. It was very nice. Now leaving Nerdist.com. 